0: emotions the good the bad the ugly been talking about emotions the importance of dealing with your emotions because if you don't deal with your emotions they will deal with you and most importantly properly dealing with them so that means properly expressing them properly responding to other people's emotions we talked about the emotional cup um Uh, This is kind of where we've been, dealing with your feelings, the emotional cup, anger, fear, stress. We're on guilt versus condemnation tonight, and then a couple others following up soon. But we've been going through this emotional cup, just kind of a a picture of our emotional capacity. Um, And I have a quick question, just a quick test question. Are these emotions good or bad for you? Bad. Good. How bad? Depends. Depends. Bad bad. Bad to get out of here. Hurt is good because it lets you know something happened, something's wrong. Anger is good because it let you know that you got hurt. Fear is good because it lets you know if you need to fight or flight in that moment. Guilt is good. We'll talk about that. Condemnation is probably the only one that you can just say is straight bad. Stress is good because it helps you grow. Endurance, you know, you don't build muscles without stress. You don't build good vocal cords without stressing them. Um, but all of these painful emotions can be very bad if you don't deal with them. Um, and so it's kind of a little trick question. But we talked about hurt. The, the the antidote for hurt is comfort. Anger, the antidote for anger is speaking the truth in love and forgiveness. We talked about fear. Uh, the antidote for fear is truth, love, and faith. And we talked about stress. The antidote for stress is, you know, solidifying our identity in Christ, spending regular time with him, um, and hope. Having hope, holding on to that hope. Uh, two things. I mentioned one of them is learning to say no to, no to things, a very practical way to deal with stress, learning to say no to things. Uh, I came up with a picture in my head the other day. You know, we, we have this phrase about there's too much on our plate. We're stressed out because there's too much on our plate. We're doing too much. That's a phrase. And then I feel like some of us or some people, man, they try to be like the guy at the circus that's spinning plates on sticks while riding a unicycle. Um, That's not the kind of stressful life that we want to live. We want to live a stress, mostly stress-free life. Um, A little bit of stress is good. But anyway, um, so saying no to some things, um, taking care of your physical health, mainly for y'all, sleep, developing and sticking with a good sleep schedule, that would eliminate probably half the stress you deal with. Um, That's science stuff. But I wanted to throw that in that way y'all knew about it. Um, But the reason... We deal with these emotions is because if we don't, these symptoms, um, the spillage forms in our lives, uh, there's all sorts of bad things that are, those those painful emotions can turn into. So we want to deal with our emotions. What you got? So what if you do have a good sleep schedule, but you still So it's not, it's not just sleep-related, but usually teenage-wise it is. I mean, uh, that's a big part. Um, <laughs> It's just learning to balance the things in your life. Being able to say no to some things. Like stress, a lot of it is balance. Learning to balance life. Learning to balance your, your responsibilities, um, the things you're involved in. Maybe uh, sometimes we can easily get to a place where we're making things bigger than they should be. Um, so stress is, is not downplaying, but, but re- recognizing reality that this thing won't end my life if I don't complete it perfectly. Um, so there's a couple, couple a options. Question. Yep. Looking back at the cup, or what's all in it? Thank you. Yep. I'm surprised that like sadness or something like that isn't. Under- it's just kind of under hurt. Under hurt. Yeah. Yeah, hurt. You can you can substitute f- several different words for it, but um, it's kind of the base of a lot of a lot of those words. Yeah. Yeah. So so the, one of the biggest points, and it's gonna play a lot into what we're talking about tonight if you don't deal with your emotions whether we admit it or not those emotions are going to deal with you so we jump in um, true guilt versus false guilt is kind of where we're at um, and I'm just gonna kind of run through this and then we can we can chat about it I'm all for that I mean I'm super excited we're kind of a small group tonight I, I like that kind of feel but uh, let's, let's start with uh, uh, true guilt. Um, first off, it's actually a good thing. Guilt in your life is a good thing. It's an it's a alarm system for your sin. It's a sign of spiritual and emotional health. Uh, because when you wrong somebody, when you're the one that hurts somebody, we should feel guilty. It's kind of a sign that, hey, I've messed up. a a warning system that i need to do something i need to fix this um but the the thing with guilt is god never intended it to stay in our emotional cup that when we feel guilty we need to do something about it and not just leave it at that um because when guilt is unresolved and remains into our in our emotional cup it can negatively affect us and condemnation is kind of one of the biggest ways it can but we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment um there's actually two dimensions to guilt. First, the mental side. I acknowledged I messed up or I did something wrong. That kind of recognition in your head that what I did was wrong. And then the emotional dimension um, where where I deeply regret. I feel bad about what I did. I have wronged somebody and I deeply regret that, that my sin hurt them. So it's important to experience both of those. Another way I wrote it down is uh, true guilt must be both understood and felt. Um, another way of thinking about it is, is we should have a ready mind and a soft heart, um, a, a mind that's aware of our actions and aware of how we impact other people, um, but also a soft heart so that when the Spirit convicts us of guilt um, and says, hey, you've messed up, we actually feel that, we hear that, um, and we can respond to that. If we have a, a hard head, Or a hard heart, it makes it it hard for us to acknowledge our sin, um, to hear the Spirit. um, And and therefore, we can never take care of the guilt that's there. Because when you mess up, God puts guilt in our hearts. He created us that way, to be able to feel guilt. Um, And so if we don't take care of it, whether we realize it's there or not, again, it can grow and be bad. Um, Namely, it can grow into shame and condemnation. Um, so, to experience and deal with guilt properly, we need to experience both the mental and the, the emotional dimension of guilt um, to have a soft heart and a, a, a aware mind. Um, another thing is guilt uh, must be confessed for there to be healing now, when you do feel guilt, the biblical antidote it 's simple but profound it's it 's confession when you 've wronged somebody whether i 've hurt you by my wrong. Priorities, my critical spirit, my selfishness, my neglect, uh, my unkind words, the antidote is confession, asking for forgiveness um, again bu- uh, guilt pops in our life as an alarm pops up in our life as an alarm that we have wronged somebody that alarm is a good thing, um, but in order to shut off that alarm so it doesn 't drive you crazy or in order to deal with our guilt so it doesn 't affect you negatively. We need to confess and ask for forgiveness. Only genuine confession can drive can, can remove feelings of guilt. If you've done something wrong, yeah, you can ignore it, but those those feelings are still there. Only genuine confession can remove feelings of guilt. So we should always confess to God because all sin offends God, but we should also confess to those that we've wronged. So uh, 1 John 1, 9 here, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to confess to God because he brings us healing. He brings us healing. Another one, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. We confess to God for healing. We confess to those that we wrong for healing. Um, And that healing removes our guilt and can heal us in even greater ways than we can recognize sometimes. But um, a quick question. Out of these three verses, what... um, Why is it important to confess to God our sins? It says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So, the question, once again, why is it important to confess our sins to God? Just by looking at these verses. Mhm. To be able to like, this is part of that guilt. You got to confess your guilt. So that's kind of gonna help with guilt too. Talking to somebody who understands what you're going through. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Any other thoughts? Why is it important to confess our sins to God? To be by God. To, to be forgiven. Um, I was talking to to a guy a while back about forgiveness we get tr- we we get caught up sometimes about we can't we just can't forgive myself for that. I can't forgive myself for that what I did or whatever. And the truth is we have no power to forgive. Only God can forgive. And so what we really have a problem with is I just have trouble receiving forgiveness for that. Um but yeah, that's that's two really good things. It removes guilt, this burden on our hearts, our lives. Um but also we're able to receive true forgiveness. What else? Any any other thoughts? We sin, who, do we, who are we sinning against? Uh, God? Against God, really. I mean, like David, after he committed adultery with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed, did he sin against Bathsheba? Yeah, did he sin against Uriah? Yes. Yeah. But he said in, in his psalm that against you only have I sinned. <laughs> and he, he had to go to God for forgiveness yeah All sin really is against yeah. God. yeah and there's there's a whole lot to guilt we can talk about that we don't have time for, so if you want to talk about, but like one of the things is you know what if somebody what if I have guilt and I confess, I ask for forgiveness, but they don't forgive me. you don't need their forgiveness to rid yourself of guilt. you need a true confession towards God towards others as well, but only God can actually give. True. Forget the the full anyway. Um, so so when true guilt pops up in our lives, we have to have the heart and the mind to recognize it, and we must confess in order to find healing. True guilt. So what about false guilt? False guilt. If if true guilt is properly processed, that that's a healthy emotion. Um, false guilt is the opposite. It's always destructive. False guilt comes from being falsely accused um, by Satan. Um, so, so two things there. False guilt is always destructive lies. And then false guilt comes from being falsely accused by Satan, by others, by ourselves. Um, it's these lies that we buy into and we're vulnerable to false guilt when we are accused of sins that maybe we committed, but we dealt with properly through proper confession, but Satan or our our mind wants to bring them back up. Or maybe we're accused of sins or hurts that we weren't even responsible for. We can take the blame for something we didn't do or had no part of. Um, uh, we can also be accused of, of issues and actions that aren't even wrong. They're not morally wrong. Um, but, and, and therefore, we don't need to confess. But Satan tries to, or our minds, our, our dark hearts, our sinful hearts, try to try to drag us down um, with that. So, um, you know, false guilt is always these destructive lies and, and can come from various sources there. Um, but the, the, the freedom from it, the freedom from false guilt, these lies, is relieved by truth, by knowing truth. Uh, John 8, 32, again, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We need to know the truth and we need to receive the truth. Um, and often we need others to confirm the truth in us. When we're struggling with false guilt, like we're, we feel guilty about something that we shouldn't feel guilty over. Sometimes we need backup. We need people to help us. Um, one, one really powerful thing here. Um, is so confession, we need to confess uh, with uh, our hearts uh, when we're feeling guilty, when we have wronged somebody. But with false guilt, we need to be filtering truth. There's this verse right here, Philippians four eight, says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. One of the things that we need to be better at practicing is is speaking truth to ourselves. And so one way to do that for for false guilt or condemnation when we get there. Um, is filtering these thoughts that we have through a verse like this? Okay, I'm having these thoughts that that because of what I did, I'm lesser. I'm, I'm a lesser person. My value is lesser. Okay, let me take it to this verse. Whatever is true, is it true? Nope. Okay, then it's gone. Done with that. Okay, now let's let's put a true thing through there. You know, put these these lies or truths, whatever it is, through this verse. If it's true, if it's of God, it'll make it through this verse. Like, okay, I'm created in the image of God. Yes, that's true. It's an honor honor to you know, it's honorable to be created in this image. It's just he, you know, he allowed his son to die for me so that I could be in this image. It's pure because I want to live a holy life for him. It is lovely. It's commendable. It's excellent. If there's anything worthy of praise about it. Yes, I filtered it all the way through and it passed the second or the Philippians four eight test um, use Philippians four eight as a filter for false guilt. Um, another way that we can guard against false guilt is by sharing our thoughts with trusted others, so that they can kind of give us a, a different perspective and truth on on what we're dealing with. So if I'm struggling with something and I go to Stormy, I'm like, Hey, just hear me out. Is this truth or a lie? Uh, let's play a little game real quick. Truth or a lie? Um, and i'll tell her what's going on she can confirm like no you're wrong that that's a lie and and she can speak truth into my life or she can say actually yeah you did mess up that doesn't affect who you are as a person i'm glad you see that but you messed up you know so so go to people you can trust and and talk about these things the goal is to know the truth and to receive the truth to filter truth and to discuss truth um so so with guilt um, we get f- freedom through confession and through truth, th- through truth. Um, there it is. Confess and filter truth. So let's move on to condemnation. That's a big one that I want to talk about tonight. Um, condemnation is an attack on a person's, attack on somebody as a person. It's an attack on, on self-worth. What? Identity, Identity. exactly. Um, condemnation will, will cause you to feel bad about who you are, to feel bad about your identity, your worth, your value. It's a, it's a whole shame tactic. Condemnation shames me, and I begin to think that there's something wrong with me. There is nothing about condemnation that is good. Condemnation is not of God. It's not good, um, but it's so closely related to guilt that, that it needs to be talked about. That's why it's in that emotional cup thing. Um I'm actually don't know what this means. So is it yeah. Even, like, yeah, yeah. I mean this is another uh big big word for false guilt. Um but it's it's this idea that because of who I am or what I've done or fill in the blank, you're condemned. You are you are lesser, you are worthless, you are unworthy, you are invaluable. unvaluable. Um that's yeah. what condemnation is all about. Um and that's not a good thing. Yeah, it can come from various sources. I have a list that we'll look at of so many sources it can come from. Um, But there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Uh, It attacks our identity, who I am as a person. Um, But it's different than conviction. The Holy Spirit convicts you and puts guilt. Like, that's a good thing. Conviction shows us that we have messed up against God. Um, Condemnation, not from God, from evil, from darkness, It it, it convinces us that we don't belong with God. That's what condemnation is kind of kind of about. But the Holy Spirit is all about conviction. Condemnation is not of God. It leads to bondage. Um, like Stormy was saying, there's so many origins of condemnation. Negative criticism, um, when we start playing the comparison games, when we are neglected, uh, when we're so uh, focused on, on good performance. Um, perfectionism is another one on that list. Abuse um, can lead us into condemnation. Uh, when somebody tries to force their opinions as truth in our life um, it's no longer about the truth of the bible it's about my preferences as truth um, can be condemning uh when when somebody's fearfully controlling uh us or vice versa when we're doing these things to somebody else we can be condemning um, shame when i'm trying to shame you uh or or something like that that can be condemning when uh We deny our responsibility uh, as part of, you know, like we we talk about as a worship team all the time that, you know, we we don't talk about it all the time, but we've mentioned it. When we have success, we have success together. We do good. We win as a team, we lose as a team kind of thing. But when we deny that connection, that relationship, um, we can condemn others or be condemned ourselves. So, so condemnation has various origins and that's just a small list. It can come from anywhere. Um, and we got to kind of recognize that and kind of guard against that uh, because by identifying, um, these sources of condemnation, these origins, we can learn to, uh, heal from it. We can guard ourselves so we don't have to struggle with it as much in the future, but it's all about truth here. What is true and what is not? Um, that quote um, back here, don't let untruth be your truth. This is all about truth. Um, and so uh, the, the next point, this one's, this one's huge. I kind of want to hit this specifically, is, is condemnation can have so many destructive symptoms in your life. Let me show you these. So self-directed anger is one of them. Or you're saying, I'm so upset at myself. How could I do that? I'm so stupid. You know, you're angry at yourself. Condemnation can also lead lead to self-directed fear that I'll probably fail at that again if I try again. Or I can't trust uh, myself to accomplish this or or whatever. Self-blame. If something bad happens, it's, it's probably my fault. Because if something bad happens on this team it's probably my fault. I'm better off just leaving, walking away. Self-abuse. Man, I'm a terrible person, therefore I'm going to punish myself. Um, Reluctance to receive. Um, I'm I'm not worthy of anything good. Reluctance and the the inability to give. Man, I have nothing good to give to others, so I just can't give. Um, And then uh, reluctance to share needs and hurts. Man, I won't bother you with my struggles. Uh, Don't I'll just hold on to them myself. You know, don't let me burden you. There's more. Reluctance to admit wrong. I'm not going to admit it because that would mean I'm a bad person. Um, Reluctance to receive forgiveness. I can't be forgiven because I'm too bad and worthless to receive forgiveness. Uh, Tendency to condemn others. I'm not okay and neither are you. I'm going to drag you down with me. Tendency to take anything seriously. I'm not going to face my issues, so why should I face yours either? Reluctance to serve. Why should I help you? Um, You know, if if I'm not, if life isn't going the way I want, or I'm feeling these condemning thoughts, then why should I help anybody else? Reluctance to forgive. I'm a miserable person, and I want you to be as well. And I know forgiveness could heal us both, so I'm not going to do it. See, those are just a few symptoms of condemnation. And these are, I mean, these are massive lists here. But I think that's just scratching just the tip of it. Um, if we don't deal with condemnation, if we don't deal with guilt or false guilt or whatever words you want to fill in there, it can lead to some pretty messed up things in our lives, which can lead to even worse things in our lives. Um, so these are all lies They can be very serious. Um, you know, as a youth pastor, at this point, I've talked to hundreds of kids that have felt these things. Um, I, I I've done the math and I've, had a few hundred kids that I've directly worked with. And just about all of us experienced some kind of condemnation in our life. Um, I'm also human, so I've had my fair share of dealing with this list, of with these kind of condemning lies as well in my own life. This is real and dangerous stuff. And I know I'm not the only one that's bought into some of these lies before. I know, in this room, I know, I know we probably all have bought into these, and that's probably just the truth, we all have bought into some of these lies. And so just admitting that to one another, to ourselves, to God, is a great first step in getting past and healing from condemnation. So we must deal with our emotions. Again, they will deal with us if we don't. We must combat false guilt, condemnation, and shame with truth and love. We must combat guilt with confession, but with all this other stuff, man, truth. So if you're in a place where you've bought into the lie, choose the truth. Choose truth. I want to share this story with you all. This is so cool. During World War II, Lieutenant General Jonathan Mayhew, Mayhew Wainwright was commander of the Allied forces in the Philippines. On May 6, 1942, following a heroic resistance of enemy forces, he was forced to surrender the island and the survivors of the Philippine campaign. For three years, he suffered as a prisoner of, in, of war in the Manchurian camp. During his imprisonment, he endured conditions, uh, continuously, uh, continuous cruelties. He endured continuous cruelties and malnutrition, physical and verbal abuse, and psychological mind games. Yet through it all, he maintained his dignity as a human being and as a soldier. But even after the war ended, his captors continued to keep Wainwright and and the other prisoners incarcerated. The war was over, but the bondage continued. One day, an Allied plane landed in a field near the prison, and through the fence that surrounded the compound, an airman, uh, an airman informed General Wainwright, of the enemy's surrender and the American victory. Wainwright immediately pulled his worn and torn body to attention, turned and marched toward the command house, burst through the door, marched up to the enemy camp's commanding officer and said, my commander-in-chief has conquered your commander-in-chief. I am now in charge of this camp. In response to Wainwright's declaration, the enemy officer removed his sword, laid it on the table and surrendered his command crazy crazy and for those of us all of us in this room who know christ as lord and savior the good news is this that our commander-in-chief has conquered our enemies that our commander-in-chief has won Yet even through this victory, though this victory has been won, many of us are still living under this bondage and cruelty of condemnation because we don't understand that we have won too. We stay prisoners. We stay in our inner prisons. And as long as the enemy can keep us bound, he can bluff us into thinking that we have no hope right now. But God's promise promise of freedom is a present tense. 1 Corinthians says, but thanks be to God who gives us, actively gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory that's already been won. He gives it to us. Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Claim your truth in the freedom in Christ. Claim the truth of your freedom in Christ. I want to just kind of wrap up and I left on your, your sheet there at the bottom four little practical things to deal with condemnation. The first one's don't deal with it alone. Um there's a bunch of scripture there. Uh the second one's identify source and symptom areas in which you suffer from condemnation. So figure out where it's coming from and what it's producing. Identify the lie behind the condemnation and embrace the truth through scripture. You know, again, filter these lies, filter these thoughts um through Philippians. Um, four eight, I think and, and figure out what is truth and what's a lie. Uh, the last one is gratefully receive the fact that God separates who you are, that you are declared worthy through Christ's death. He separates who you are from what you do, whether it's 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 a positive performance or painful sin. So those are some practical steps to fight condemnation, but the simple answer is to claim the truth of your freedom and identity in Christ. To claim the victory of our high commander-in-chief um, has won for us. That Jesus has won for us. The victory found in Jesus. Because through his victory, we're able to deal with our emotions. We're able to deal with guilt, false guilt, condemnation, shame, con- conviction even. We're able to deal with these things in a proper way. Um, and if, Because if we don't, they will deal with us. So claim the truth of your freedom in Christ. Um, Oh, there's those four things. We must deal with our emotions, so choose truth.